Hey, it's Brian. People are asking me every week, where are the growing opportunities in the sports industry? And I'll tell you what, mental health awareness with high-level athletes is becoming more prevalent. Then, if you're wondering, well, how do I learn this? Well, the University of Western States offers online clinical mental health counseling graduate degrees, emphasizing sport and performance content throughout the curriculum. Learn how to meet the behavioral, mental, and emotional needs of the community around you by visiting uws.edu slash take the lead. One more time, uws.edu slash take the lead. Now let's start the countdown. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. Hey everybody, I'm Brian Clapp, VP of Content and Engaged Learning at WorkinSports.com, and this is the Work in Sports Podcast. Three straight days of sunny weather, and I'm feeling good. If you had a vibe from me the last couple of episodes, I was feeling a little bit, eh, that's part of it. We've been mid-70s, bright sun the last three days, which is perfect for this guy. And weather, I know this about myself, weather definitely affects my mood, so expect some positivity today. If you haven't listened yet to last week's podcast with Ari Kaplan, you need to do that. Seriously, it's one, it's a, it's a pretty long episode, but it didn't feel it. Like it was one of those interviews that I was so into as I was doing it, I wasn't clock watching at all. And I cannot say that for every interview. Sometimes I'm like, Ooh, boy, we are not getting there and it's just not hitting. But, um, this one, it nailed it. Ari's one of the OGs of baseball analytics and has some really great stories. Uh, plus he shares how to break into the world of sports analytics and much more. And that's a really big growing field that you all want to be involved in. It did strike me as very interesting that he was like, dude, I am busier than ever right now because all these teams and coaches and people who are usually so mired in game day are coming to me saying, hey, how can we get an edge right now? How can we use this time to learn a little something different and to differentiate ourselves? So he's crushing it, shared a ton of great advice and analytics roles are on the rise. Uh, As I said, long episode, but totally worth it. Um, So what do we got coming up this week? Coming up on Wednesday, this I'm excited about, excited about this, Avery Dovsek. Avery's on the women's golf team at Hofstra. So we talk a good deal about being a student athlete at this time and this uniqueness of being a student athlete at any time, but especially right now. And we discuss interning and gaining experience as a student athlete. It's really unique being an athlete. Your time is allocated to training and traveling and competing. So a lot of people struggle to gain career experience. You know, they identify themselves as an athlete more than a student, just being honest. And And uh, Avery is a super dedicated, competitive golfer. And you can tell from this interview. But at the same time, she has a view towards her future. And she's found ways to still do internships at the Golf Channel and PGA Tour Radio. And we talk a lot about what she's learned, how she's focused on her career and managing her time. It's really great stuff coming up later this week. As for today... The question of the day comes in from Josh in Indiana. Hey, Brian, I've heard a lot of people on your podcast say they look to hire people who are leaders or have leadership potential. Two-part question, how do I develop leadership skills and how do I show them off in the applicant process? Josh, good stuff. Leadership is one of those kind of intangible skills and we need to make it feel more tangible and we have some ideas on that. So it's true. For a long time, I've been saying the main attributes people need to be successful in any industry is to be coachable, curious and competitive. Those are the three that I always answer when people say like, what do I need? What are are the attributes I need? We're not talking specific skills. We're talking like just attributes, soft skills, uh, 
coachable, curious, and competitive. They're all pretty self-explanatory, right? I mean, you know what they mean. But coachable means that you listen well. You take to teaching. You can be molded. Uh, being competitive means you will work hard and work extra. You want to be the best. You learn new skills. You're always looking for an edge. And being curious means you're a constant learner. You're always curious and striving for more. And I think those attributes speak volumes towards the person and the person you're trying to hire. But we really need to add to that list. Uh, in these times and in the development of the new normal, we really need to stress adaptability and leadership. Let's talk a minute about adaptability before we get into leadership. I have literally spoken to hundreds of people during the quarantine. I've had a lot of informational interviews. I've had a lot of people just inquiring for a conversation. I've done webinars. I've done podcast episodes. I've just been in chats. I've done just about everything. And as I speak to a lot of people, I'd say most everybody can be broken into two groups. Number one, those who freak out. The sky is falling. I will lose my job. I'm going to get the virus. The economy will crash. We'll be in a depression. I'm in a depression right now. Everything is panic and overwhelming. I get it. I get it. Number two, though, we see others who are seeing the problem, analyzing it, figuring out how to adjust and adapt. They're looking for opportunities. They're taking some of this in stride, adjusting to virtual meetings, learning and saying to themselves, I may get this thing, but I'll beat it if I do. Now, I'm not being naive here. There are people at massive risk for this virus, and I'm not advocating taking it on face first. I'm just pointing out that there are some who adapt and there are others who get overwhelmed in the moments and you have to figure out where you are. I know someone, just to give an example, I know someone who is an at-risk case, like they, they are scared, right? And she has every reason to fear coronavirus, but she's not letting it overwhelm her. She's quarantining, she's being responsible, but she's also adjusting to Zoom life. She's working remote and she's hell-bent on proving her continued value to her company. She's not wallowing, she's adapting. So that's the point here. Don't go into a bubble. Don't be afraid. Adapt. You can be a little bit afraid, that's fine. Uh, that adaptability is important now, but really, I mean, it always has been and it's, it's going to be forever now. Um, it's, it's just going to have a, a greater emphasis now. People are going to realize coming out of this how important it was to be surrounded by adaptable people, and they're going to look for that more. Uh, I believe that full, full wholeheartedly. Now let's get to leadership. Well, why do we want leaders in the workforce? Why is that important? Well, there are executors and there are leaders. We need both. There are those that are really strong at a specific, <laughs> specific skill. And I'm not editing that out. You know me. I just kind of go. Um, and that has great value, having a specific skill. You know, you're a top-of-the-line Avid editor. You're a graphic designer. You're a Salesforce expert. These are incredible skills that will always be in demand. But there's also a need for leaders that have management and executive potential who can manage the workforce, who can get people in line, who can motivate staff to achieve at greater levels than they ever thought they could. That's powerful. So you have people who are day-to-day -day executors and you have people who are leaders with management and executive potential. Again, oversimplifying that people fit in one of two buckets, but that's kind of how it works. So if you have high prospects for yourself, if you're thinking, I want to be management, I want to be executive, I want to run the show, well, you need to start developing those leadership skills. If you're not that and you're more of an introvert or you don't really envision yourself leading people, then lean into your skills and become an expert in what that is. Have something that you are a master of. But if you do want to be a leader, well, then how do you learn it? How do you share it? These are important things. So I'll give you a five, I think. I don't know. Something like that. I don't know. Listicles, whatever. Number one, I'm going to start with the most boring one first, but listen. 
Okay. Leaders listen. I listened to a parenting lecture once. It was a first kid kind of thing. So if you're a parent, you know what I mean? When you're, when you're having your first kid, you, uh, read more books, you, uh, do webinars, you do listen to people's advice. You do all these things to try to prepare yourself. Then afterwards you're like, yeah, I kind of just figure it out as I go. It's all good. You don't worry about it after the, after the first one. So anyway, when you have no idea what you're doing, um, that was where I was at with listening to a parenting lecture once. And they talked about the importance of full body listening, eye contact, posture turned toward the person, giving uh, back positive body language, you know, not distracted by your phone or some other shiny thing in the distance, like really being focused in that moment and on that person listening with your full body, really, really listening. Now, obviously, that's something we all are familiar with, but it's still good to hear. Um, Leaders are really good at that. But how do you show that as a skill? I mean, you can't put it on your resume like I'm a really good listener Um, because that just sounds terrible. Here's an idea. Tell me a story on your cover letter. This is obviously something I talk about a lot, the value of your cover letter. Um, You know, I'll I'll throw out an example. Maybe there was a problem employee where you worked and they just never showed up on time. And they always seemed like they were frustrated or they were at their wits end. But you, you took the time to listen to them rather than accuse them of something, rather than be yelling at them like, oh, what's wrong with you? You never show up on time. You know, you listened, you asked, what's going on? And he found out they had a sick mother at home they're trying to care for and being on the schedule at certain times or certain days was really stressful for them. You were able to work out a new schedule for them. Problem solved. Problem employee turned into an asset. Okay. Obviously, you're not going to have that exact example, but I'm giving you an idea or a premise. Like, look for ways that you can turn your listening, your ability to listen into a leadership story and incorporate that into your your resume. That's a powerful way to get the message across as being a good listener and turning that into action versus just saying, I'm a good listener. Okay. Number two, leaders welcome change. As I mentioned earlier, adaptability is key and that skill is linked directly to leadership as well. Change is a constant in the workforce and you won't always know why. Like, why is this change happening? Why are we doing things differently? But if you're that person that doesn't push against it, but rather welcomes it and leads into it and leads through change and embraces it, powerful. That's a good moment. One year when I was in the media, I was a news director, uh, we changed our entire process for generating ideas and for processing our reporting. Some of the reporters looked at me side-eyed and kind of pissed because I was implementing a more intense vetting process for information sharing. I wanted to make sure our stories were accurate and well-sourced, so I put some extra barriers in place. Others looked at it and said, yeah, this is the right thing to do. Let's jump on this. And that told me a lot about my staff, those who are going to complain and those who are going to adapt and adjust and welcome that change and kind of go like, yes, this is what we need to do. I'm on board. Let's do it. And leading others through it. Um, so those moments are important too. And if you can be the type of person that tries to understand why the change is happening, asks some intelligent questions, tries to refine their understanding of the business as a whole and can accept it and lead through it, that's powerful. So how do you show that, right? Uh, bullet points on your resume, exemplifying a time you led a team through a specific change. So be as specific as you can. So if your company replatformed their website or changed the process or switched from HubSpot to Salesforce or Final Cut Pro to Avid, you know, make sure to get specific in there and to mention that you help navigate and lead the group through any transition. So again, you're using the concept of leadership through a very specific thing. Uh, number three, uh, show confidence. Okay. Leaders have a natural ability to project confidence. I had a mentor once who said, 
leaders change the temperature in the room when they enter and everyone knows they are there. And I've always liked that. That kind of stuck out to me. Like, I'm not a big sayings guy, you know that, but I, I do like certain things like I can visualize that like a really good leader, somebody who is dynamic. They come into the room and you just know it. You feel it. You feel their presence. It's not cockiness. It's just confident. It doesn't mean the loudest in the room or being the prettiest in the room. It means being highly effective and knowing it. And everybody else knows it too, right? Think of it in basketball, right? You play a pickup game. And the first time down the court, you're playing with a bunch of people you maybe don't really know that well. And the first time down the court, you you see it, you pass a guy a ball and uh, the, yeah, pass the guy the ball and he gets a, gets it takes on a defender, draws a defense and dish, dishes a sweet pass to a teammate for an easy bucket, right? And you're immediately drawn to that dude because you know the ball is safe in his hands. He knows how to play. He's not a selfish shoot it every time guy. He's not ball dominant. It's not showtime, it's team time. Like he took on the defender aggressively, showed some confidence, but when the defense collapsed on him, he made the pass. Like that tells you this is a person who can make right decisions. I'm not going to take on three to try to show off. I'm going to make the right play. And that stands out. So this is, again, that's confidence. How do you, you know, you're naturally drawn to, to that kind of experience. We all are subconsciously. You see that person make that play, make the right play. And you're like, all right, that guy, that guy I like that guy. So how do you show it on your resume? Well, Again, share times you've presented products or we're speaking in public. Um, if you can talk about times that you were part of a webinar or you had a speech or a presentation or a whatever, um, or you were part of a panel, if you get up on stage or present information in front of people, that starts to tell the story of confidence. I'm sure there's other ways you can come up with telling your confidence story, but um, that's one way to do it. Number four, um, confidence by itself isn't strong enough. It needs to be mixed with competence. And here's why I separate this out. Let me geek out for a second here. You need competence coupled with confidence, competence and confidence. Those are tough words to say really fast for it to really lead a group. My favorite example of this comes from the first Avengers movie. This is what I mean by letting me geek out for a second here. Um, Captain America isn't the hero we know yet, right? Aliens are invading. And he approaches a bunch of New York City cops very confidently and says, Sergeant, I want you to station your men in all these buildings and I need a perimeter all the way down to 39th. And the police sergeant looks at him and goes, why should I take orders from you? Who the heck are you? You know, right? Like, well, who's this guy? Who's this guy in the outfit and the shield? And Captain America, as this is happening, has like three aliens come around him and he goes hand to hand combat and rips off one's arm and like shoves it into the other guy and shoots this and kills all three. And so that was his display of competence. And as soon as he does that, he doesn't have to say another word. The police sergeant goes, all right, I want men posted on all these buildings and I want a perimeter all the way down to 39th. So he went from being just confident by itself to then showing some competence like this guy is kicking some butt out here. Um, and then it, it brought it all together. So confidence mixed with competence. You have to have the skill set too. competence needs to be aligned with confidence. And that is leadership in a nutshell. You must have the ability not just to talk. If I tried to give you all advice, but I have never or barely worked in the sports industry myself, that wouldn't have much impact, would it? Like if I was sitting here preaching to you guys for 260 episodes of this show and you were like, checked out my resume and you're like, wait, this guy's never even worked in the industry. What the heck is he talking about? Like he has no competence. And I'll tell you a little secret. A lot of people out there who try to do what I do. Yeah. Check out their resumes maybe not as impressive as you might think. Anyway, number five, leaders delegate. 
Going back to that last example, Captain America wasn't trying to create a perimeter all by himself down to 39th Street. He looked for help and instructed and led the team to achieve it. Leaders don't try to do it all themselves. They try to put the right people in the right position to do the right thing at the right time. And that's a lot of being right. Now, delegation, just to be clear, doesn't mean giving away your work to others. Like, hey, I don't want to clean the store tonight. You do it. (laughs) That's not delegating. Delegating is having a large task or project with many items that need doing, and you correctly dole them out to your team. Leaders do that. And the team recognizes that they're being put in the right position to succeed and follow. All these examples of leadership can be told as a story in your cover letter or strategically in your resume format. Get creative. Figure out ways to get these messages across without coming right out and saying it. Be a little subtle. If you're early in your career, you can be looking for these opportunities as well. Look for times to lead through change, to be adaptable, to delegate, to listen, and write down your stories as they happen. Okay. Bonus tip here, I wish I kept a work journal when I was younger and interning or in my first job. There are so many things I did that I just forgot about and moved on because it was just like accomplish task, move on. But no one's going to remind you what you have accomplished. That's on you. Like I I know for a fact, like I was on an interview or I was doing uh, filling out a resume and somebody would be like, oh, tell me about a time you did X, Y or Z. And I'm like, I know I did that one time. But what was that thing I did? When, how did that happen? Like if I had had a work journal where I wrote down some of these things, it would have been so easy. So consider keeping a work journal with data points, leadership moments, projects you manage. Trust me, it'll help a lot when you're preparing for a job interview. What I tell people is if you have a work journal the day before an interview, go read through it just from front to back again. And you'll be kind of have these things fresh in your mind so that then when they say in the interview, tell me about a time you managed a team through change. You can be like, oh, yeah, I remember refreshing my memory on this last night. You do research into yourself. I'm always telling you to do research before job interviews. That's true. You have to do research on the company, but you also have to do some research on yourself to remember all of your accomplishments because nobody's there to whisper in your ear like, oh, remember that time that you did that thing and it was awesome. Like nobody's there to do that for you. So you have to be your own advocate and having a work journal can do that. I know that's off topic a little bit here, but I think it's important and I want you to, you know me, I like actionable advice. So that's it for today. That's leadership. That's a leadership conversation that I enjoyed. So thank you for the question. I'm looking, Josh in Indiana. Oh gosh, sorry. I should have kept my notes a little handier. Josh in Indiana, thank you for the question. Thank you for listening. That's it for today. Avery Dovsek on Wednesday, a really great, fun, energetic interview. Uh, she is a, a bundle of energy and she was great to have on the show and I think you'll really all appreciate it. Thanks so much for listening. As always, rate and review wherever you listen because it helps us stay high up in the podcast rankings and we're doing our best to put out the best content we have to help all of you. Find the jobs that you love and be the right person to be in that top consideration set for every job that you want. All right, everybody. Stay safe out there. 